0: happy wednesday welcome back to aces up the sleeve i'm patty co-hosting with the co-managing partner pocket aces racing or par for the quick reference jared shoemaker and today we are doing our special edition breeders cup chat episode we're gonna sit down we're gonna look at all these races we're gonna you know give our opinions some of them spicy some of them not spicy whatever we kind of feel like for that day for that day for today and um you know we're just gonna get going we're gonna talk about a great weekend of racing and it's here we got what two two days three days left and it's a breeders cup friday and breeders cup saturday
1: yes um always uh you know well, actually it's, i'm always conflicted on breeders cup weekend because as as many of you well know i'm an avid university of kentucky football fan and you know and you know woe woe unto me uh, for that but inevitably (laughs) um, almost always there's a home football game on Breeders' Cup Saturday which is just an absolute nightmare Uh, trying to you know deal with uh, um, you know trying to watch races trying to go to the games we have set up our tv out in the in the tailgate before and watched uh, watch the races so uh, you know we 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 make do best we can but uh, this this year the UK football team is is on the road so I ought to be able to I'm doing oh, this nice! Racing, I'm pretty pretty excited about it, and hey. um, uh, you know, I, I've I've been through all the been through both cards today, and and um, I've got some uh, some hot takes, some not so hot takes, and um, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing what we can uh, what we what what you got to hear as well. So let's let's get to it.
0: I mean, and it's like as I'm I'm sure everybody knows, you know, the TDN does extensive coverage, so. If you guys are you know are interested in anything and you guys want to take a quick flop over there, you know we've been covering the Breeders' Cup with with daily bulletins for what's been happening. So, if you guys are interested afterwards, or you know maybe some of our uh, newer listeners are are curious about you know Breeders' Cup beyond kind of just what they can see on TV, you can flop on over to the the Thoroughbred Daily News. The uh, literally just type it in thoroughbreddailynews.com and. Uh, there'll be plenty of Breeders Cup reference material for you, so if you're confused about what we're talking about, that'll be your uh, that'll be your library for this, if we want to call it that. So, but yeah, let's roll into it. So we'll start with Breeders Cup Friday. So Breeders Cup Friday used to be kind of like where the distaff ran on Friday. Um, and the Classic ran on Saturday just to kind of give both these races their own kind of day. It was a pretty big... Um, obviously, they're they're pretty important races. A lot of the times they decide year-end um, awards. The Eclipse Awards for a lot of categories end up actually being determined at the Breeders' Cup, especially if, if it's, you know, in a couple... Um, areas where there's no clear standout. Kind of like sometimes how we have like the issue where nobody wins the triple crown and you have three-year-old colts just taking turns beating up on each other. But you know, they recently made a formatting switch where now the juveniles, so the two year olds, are gonna be running on Breeders' Cup Friday, so it's kind of like the the rising stars, if you will, for Friday. And then Saturday you'll get all the, your your three-year-old your older horses your candy ha- you know your handicap horses and that's where you know the most expensive races will also be run which is the distaff the turf and the classic so
1: and actually you know this this is the you know, just for a little bit of history and context for uh folks that you know maybe are newer to to racing and haven't followed it for uh as, as long as others uh, you know this is the 40th year of the breeders cup and mm-hmm. of course it started out initially it was just one day it was just yep. saturday and, and over the years they've added a lot of different they've added you know additional races they've spread it out over to two days and and that that friday has taken and, and it's taken on different formats and different uh, looks uh, along the way you know there there was a, one stretch where the friday were all the philly races philly and Mary races now like you mentioned you know the gone friday is kind of the juvenile races so and and quite frankly and i was going to mention this to you i, I think there, there needs to be some more juvenile races added because um you know you've got you just I, I feel like there's some folks some that are getting some races that are getting left out uh you know you've got a turf sprint you got the juvenile fillies it's long you got a juvenile turf fillies uh juvenile turf or juvenile on the dirt then you've got the juvenile turf uh, but you know there's no dirt sprint for colts or fillies uh, for juveniles and i just, I just feel like uh, you know it, you're, you're cutting out a lot of horses that that may they may not be turf horses. They may not be uh, they may not be route horses. And and uh, I, I think it would be great if you offered opportunities uh, for those for those younger horses in in the different uh, different type races. And you know and you know now what you do see is you know the the different tracks at times will offer um, you know listed stakes or their own version of stakes race, and they but you but they're not officially a, a breeder's cup races um yeah uh, so I, I think it would be nice and, and i think there's some in the older division too that, that that some horses are getting left out and not getting a shot to run uh to be breeders cup champions because uh, and, and i don't know maybe other people would say well not every horse deserves to be a breeders cup champion if they can't run a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter on the dirt then heck with them but i, I disagree but we can talk about that a little bit more later
0: yeah well and it's and you know, there was a lot of I don't wanna say controversy, but there's been a lot of talk recently anyway about I mean people are are even now with the current format, people were actually whining about how there's too many races. About how there's too many breeders' cup races and they would love yeah, to just start chopping things. Are, <laughs>
1: those people are stupid. No I'm not. everybody's <laughs> to with their own opinion. I just think I'm right. Um uh-huh. and they're wrong. You no, know, but uh no, I, I just think <sighs> You know, wh- why not create more opportunities for more horses, create more opportunities for more owners? Now, I know that there are a select group of owners, especially uh, in this day and age that uh, would like to this like thoroughbred racing to get back to their own little, uh, you know, high society, high, you know, country clubs, select few uh, owners uh, just running against each other for all the purse money. I think you see uh, some very um, prominent owners, uh, in particular in New York that uh, would very much like that. And, uh, but that's just, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's my take on a lot of the antics that are coming out, uh, from, from other people. Uh, they just, they would just as soon see racing at, at um, you know, eight to 10 tracks across the country. And they'd. They'd, they'd be just fine if all the smaller tracks and all the smaller mom and pop organizations and small outfits like ours just closed up shop and let, let the big boys play with each other. That, that seems to be what uh, uh, there, there's a significant movement, I think, that would like that. Well, I, I shouldn't say significant. There's a small vocal group that would like that, uh, yeah. but not significant group. Anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about the Breeders' Cup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's go. And you know what? If that's what they want to try, they're going to do that over our cold dead bodies because I feel like our partners (laughs) really like pocket aces and they will stick to us, come high and dry, so...
1: Well, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of horses out there, and uh, we gotta find racing for our, as many of them as we can. Mm. So, yep. so let's let's start. So Friday's gonna kick off. Yep. And of course, they're in there at Santa Anita this year in California, so they're several hours behind us. Yeah. So the actual first uh, ju- uh first Breeders' Cup race is five o'clock Eastern on Friday evening. It's
0: race and five. It is
1: the bre- yep race five? It's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. And that is a turf sprint. Turf sprint. Five furlongs on the turf. Yep, five furlongs on the turf. And um, man, George Weaver is heavily represented. He's got three in here.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's so hard to get in anyway. And George Weaver's like, everybody's going. So he's going to have, if they all, and and it's not that they're totally left field horses either. Like these are horses where if they, if they fire, like he, he couldn't go you know one two three back in stack and it would not so i don't think it would surprise anybody honestly
1: no and he, he's, he's got one coming in uh, crimson advocate that's in the one yeah. role. you know he, he went over to ascot and and won uh, group two race the queen mary uh, at ascot this summer so yeah and royal ascot's no hard royal ascot yeah, is a, hard ab- absolutely so it's a nyquist uh, he's it's a two for three for for his career the only race that didn't win was his debut uh, we ran third in a maiden special. Oh, I actually, it's a back in
0: it's a Philly, I yeah, think. It's Philly. If
1: I'm it's
0: yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. We got and, a bunch um, of these in here,
1: and uh, you know, and she's she, I think she's you yeah. know, I think she's got you got to give her some um, you got to give her some consideration. I think, um, you know, it's just she, she's legit. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the other uh, George Weavers, uh, let's see, you've got uh, no name waves
0: and no name the
1: yeah, irish Prince, no yeah so yeah you you've got some definite uh, yeah no name mets is in the two um it's won the last two races uh stakes at Col- at the uh, colonial stake at uh, monmouth um debuted in fair, the stake too debuted in the stake and won uh at pimlico or oh, no so what is that Ple- pleasant uh, Gulfstream. That, Palmettos? Gulfstream. Gulfstream. I was looking at the name of the race. It's the, the Royal guess,
0: Palm yeah, Juvenile Royal or something Palm. like that. It was the win You're yeah. in for the, like yeah. a type for the Ascot races.
1: And, uh, yeah, when went to Ascot or he went to Ascot and did not, uh, did not fare as well as stablemate. And, you know, no, nay, never, uh, just a real quick note. Uh, we had no, nay, never on our short list of horses one year to buy. Mm-hmm out of the Keeneland sale and did not pass the VET.
0: Oh, the VET exam.
1: (laughs) And we had, we had, we, we shortly thereafter, we had a new VET. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but you know, not, and and, you know, it's, those, those stories like that are countless. A lot of horses um, haven't passed VET, but yeah, we, we had no name ever on our short list. And we're ready to buy him, and we were gonna we were gonna throw everything we had at him until um, uh, until he didn't pass the betting, and, and he turned out all right.
0: But yeah, anyway, yeah, um, he did. <laughs> so, so no
1: name, no name. Mets uh, is in there for George Weaver, and then again, the uh, amidst waves, uh, it's one that one has won three out of five and finished second once. It's a midshipman filly, so George is coming after him with the girls. Um, again, you know, ran second last out at Keeneland uh, in the, um, Indian summer stake, but the one that I, uh, kind of landed on and, you know, this is certainly not, again, not a, not a real hot take on this is, is big Evs. I just think, you know, it's always tough with, with the European horses coming over, but this, this Mm -hmm. one has won, uh, Several, uh, that's one, uh, two out of the last three. It did have a kind of a non showing on a on a, uh, back in uh, at, uh, at York. Uh, it's a group, group one. Mistake. Yeah. Yep. And is on a good track, but he's, you know, it's one on um, soft footing before. So for whatever happened, just didn't fire that day, but it has fired every other race. Uh, this is a Colt by Blue Point Irish Bread. Uh, trained by Michael Appleby, and and it just feels like he, that one's going to be for me hmm. tough tough to beat. But again, you know, I I really struggle with with a lot of European horses in the race because yeah. uh, the time forms and the and the PPS that they have for the European horses are just basically useless.
0: Yeah, uh, I I mean I I mean I do I cover a lot of the European stuff, so I'm a little more familiar with with kind of what's been going on with some of these. I think a lot of folks who pretty extensively follow, you know, the racing in Europe, which is almost exclusively on turf, you know, folks who do follow turf racing in Europe and the turf racing scene understand that European turf racing is heads and tails above a lot of what the Americans right now, at least can, can offer. And so it's always, it's always like, it's always hard to handicap them. You're right but there are certain patterns you can notice he's not bringing horses just to fill up a spot on the plane. Um, and for a lot of horses, you know, after champions weekend, that's kind of like, I think it they initially created it to be like something like the, the breeders cup for horses who like for people who don't want to send their horses to America for the breeders cup, I think champions weekend was sp- created with something similar in mind ish, except in October. Um, And a lot of the, a lot of the, the heavy hitters kind of also went to Champions Weekend this year and have, and they're on their spells and they're, you know, they're retiring. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of Europeans where purses are kind of abysmal, this is a good day. It's almost like Black Friday for them. It's like, it's a good, it's a good weekend to come out and come out in the black for the year.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's a million dollar, these, these, this, this race is a million dollar purse. And, um, uh, you know, I I think, I, I think george weaver's got a shot honestly with all three of his but i, I do think um i, you know, I think it's going to come down to one of the one of the europeans and big evs the
0: one that i settled on so yeah. i'm i'm gonna probably go with the other no name ever the philly the cherry cherry blossom in here okay. um the the tabor westerberg Magnier uh smith kind of operation it's the uh the blue one with the orange stripes you, you guys have never seen them mm-hmm. um you can also go on to Breeders Cup and you can see all the silks and the colors and you get pictures. Uh, you'll be able to reference that as well if you're interested in kind of seeing what these horses look like as well. Um, there, I mean, these the, these these guys have been everywhere. They've seen everything. They've won just about everything, you know. And and Aiden O'Brien kind of when he comes over for the Breeders Cup, you know, his his parade of competitors every year is almost as much of a spectacle as the actual Breeders Cup is. And Aiden O'Brien is never a man without a plan, you know? So I, um, and I like that the, you know, and I'm sure Ryan Moore would have come over anyway, but Ryan Moore has pick of the litter and the fact that he, you know, when he chooses a horse for a certain reason, um, I tend to, to kind of pay attention to what he ends up choosing to do. So I am team cherry blossom for the juvenile turf sprint.
1: Can't argue that. You definitely follow the European stuff way closer than I am.
0: Yep, so we'll let's jump over to the next one, race six. It's going to be at 540. It is the Grade One Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. So we're going to flop over to the main track. It's a mile and 116th, and these are going to be some of the horses that we also saw at Keeneland. They have all made the trip over. Um, the, the Darley Alcibiades winner in here, Candied she has made the trip out to California for the breeders Cup you know obviously I feel like she's probably she's she's the horse on the up and up and I think a lot of people are going to lean very heavily onto that because she is improving um she improved almost 10 points from the maiden special to the Alcibiades um and and she's kind of getting good at the right time of the you know right time of the year for the juvenile season and I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people who lean very heavily onto that and probably between her and and tamara which is the daughter of beholder she's definitely going to be taking a lot of money because she's impressive she's extremely impressive and as rare as it is for for mayors to kind of uh not not so much reproduce themselves but at least kind of pass on some of that talent it it kind of seems in this case that beholder has has you know sent that along to her bolt d'oro because uh, is it Tamara or Tamara or, however you would like to pronounce I have no it? No idea
1: how you say it. I was gonna go with Tamara because that's the that's the one that I had noted. Just you know yeah. specifically because of what you said, I, I, that 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 Philly's going to get the vast majority of the action yeah. because uh, of Beholder, and because quite frankly she's been pretty damn impressive.
0: Oh, um, she had a ninety-one like, buyer in the debutante. like she rolled off yeah. the screen.
1: Yep, yeah, got a got a ninety-one buyer. She got Mike Smith aboard again. Richard Mandela. And, uh, you know, now the, dis- the difference is she's she's going to be going a mile and a 16th and she's never gone beyond seven furlongs before, uh, you know, probably not that big of, of an issue for her considering her, her breeding, but, you know, you never know for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, she, she just, she looks super impressive. You know, I think those, those are the two fillies in this race to beat. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of like at a price. Just FYI, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think um, she's got room to improve. Um, You know, she won. Granted, you know, the the was on a sloppy track, Mm -hmm. won a mile, but she, you know, she did it very, very easily. She's she's won two in a row. Uh, her only two starts. Um, and just yeah, I love Bill Mott. You know, and, Mm and. you know, obviously, junior, and uh, you know I think they're they are a hell of a combination.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think if you want to try to get a little bit of a price and beat Tamara or um, uh, candied, I, I think this is the one that I'm going to try to do it with. yeah, um, it's it's uh, and and you know and maybe by the time it, it, you know, push comes to shove, I'm playing tamara and and candied. And just FYI, and a trifecta, and some exotics. Yep. And maybe that's how it plays out. But uh, to try to get a little bit of a, a little bit more of a payday. But uh, but I like I like her at, at, at the price. So.
0: Yeah, well, and kind of to go along with the with the uh, earlier kind of discussion we had about horses that that get away. From what I'd been, um, from what I'd heard, I don't remember where I read it, but. Uh, George Krikorian, he is the owner and the breeder of just FYI. And obviously you can't keep, especially when you have a lot of mares, uh, you can't keep everything. And so for a lot of operations, you have to kind of, you have to kind of cull your herd. So you have to decide, all right, which yearlings do we want to to keep and race in our colors, and who do we want to sell at, you know, Keelan September, the Saratoga sale, which always, always gets ridiculously high numbers. And just FYI, was actually one of the horses that uh, Mr. Krikorian actually wanted to keep. And he, and she's, you know, she's turned out spectacularly well, all things considered. And, um, you know, and, and uh, people who keep, you know, keep tabs on us and know that, you know, so we're getting petty in our age, Jared, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they'll remember the uh, the other Krikorian color bear who beat us. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. But I'll I'll be honest with you, considering I, for whatever reason, I either blanked out or something happened because I did not know that out of 11 tries at the Breeders' Cup, George Krikorian has never won one. Like he's come close where Warlight Goddess um, was third in the turf and then, because she's back this year again, trying to beat the boys again in the turf. And well, not even the boys because Europeans send Phillies and mares into that race all the time. Yep. Um but it, the turf's always loaded. I mean you have when you have horses like Enable coming over, it, it's it's a tough race to win. But I did not know that he was 0 for eleven like that. That's a that was a surprising figure for me because I would have thought, considering how often you see them in the winter Circle, I honestly would've thought mm-hmm. he he would have won one. But I also completely blanked out and forgot that Hated A Bomb ever existed because I guess I completely, I just, I think I just blanked out that year's Breeders' Cup entirely because I didn't know that was a Breeders' Cup winner. And I was asking people, I'm like, who is this horse? And they're like, how do you not recognize him?
1: Right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw another, another Philly uh, at a price now. And and this one is going to have to do things different than she's ever done before. And that's jo- Jody's Pride, an mm-hmm. uh, American Pharaoh Philly she's she's two for two but she's won at five and a half off the turf
0: she's mm-hmm.
1: won at six furlongs off the turf and um but she's won easy just really easy
0: yeah 10 lengths, three and, and a quarter
1: you know uh, she ought she should be able to get the distance she should be able to yeah you know, I, I i think it would not I would not be shocked if, if we got a price, you know, if, if you're looking at a really big price to hit the board, uh, if this was not the one as well. Uh, so I know I haven't narrowed this down. I've got four horses I've talked about out of, uh, out of 13. So, um, I guess it narrows it down a little bit. That, that's, that, that's, that that's mine. And, well, you know, and some uh, races hard are hard. Yeah. Some people would uh, Yeah. recognize that have been with us for a while. So
0: I would be curious to see how bright work does because, she, for a long time, looked to be the next big thing as well. Where she was on a four race win streak when she came into the Darley, into the Darley Alcibiades, the grade one at Keeneland. And when she went from that seven furlong to so that mile and a 16th, like for whatever reason, she just, like she was, it kind of looked like she just got really tired in a hurry. And which is interesting because she's out of a Malibu Moon mare by a son of Uncle Mo, which isn't, you know, like, which. I don't like. I don't think in theory she should have gotten that tired that quickly. But it was also like her first time at the distance. So how much stock do you put for horses that are you know doing second time at the rattle ground, where if they you know from like, and you're gonna know a little better than I do. Obviously, you've had a lot more experience with with you know pocket aces horses going from sprinting and attempting distances for the first time. You know how how do you what kind of stock do you put into the second time at the distance angle especially for a horse like Brightwork, where she absolutely has shown the ability to be very good
1: yeah I mean, and i think you know the the, the the two questions that you kind of have to ask you know she, she's run at some pretty high level competition yeah you know she's been in stakes races and you know this is this is her sixth race as a as a juvenile filly so i think she's gotten more races maybe than
0: I think Anybody just about everybody, here. yeah.
1: So, you know, have they pressed on her too much, too fast, too soon, and she yeah. just, she's a little scattered? Or, or you know, does she does she simply need to, to sprint? Um, you know, horses will make you look silly. We, we've had horses before that we thought were bred uh, to sprint, and they can go around the ground. We've had other horses that we felt... Ought to be able to to you know at least get a mile and, and couldn't run a step past five furlongs. So um, you know they 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 can make you look silly. You know they're they're going to do what what they can do and and I I I think that but that is the question with her is it is, have they is she over the top does she need a a, a break mm. uh, or is she because you know she started in April uh in those yeah. four and a half furlong turf sprint at, at Keeneland. Uh had a little break, but you know, she ran uh July, August, September, October. At at all high, you know, very high levels of competition. Yeah.
0: The spinaway, um, the Aerodonda, the deck Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and debutante was the listed stake at Ellis. And yeah that, I mean that wasn't that wasn't easy. Um, you know, that that was a tough race. And uh you know maybe maybe she just maybe she's done all she can do yeah. um yeah you know, i jumped off of her and
0: yeah i think this is a lot too. Her.
1: uh so yeah i read i gonna go where he thinks he's got the best shot to win
0: uh, yeah we,
1: we know that so
0: yeah well, then let's swap over then to the next race after this one. It's going to be the uh, open version, which we shouldn't say the male version because technically Phillies can't enter this race. So it is the open version of the Juvenile Phillies. It's going to be the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Juvenile. It's going to be at the same distance. Um, this is just open for, for both Colts and Phillies this time. And I think this race in particular for me is going to be very interesting because the presence of the japanese horse in here and just with what happened at the at the derby to, as a reference point even this year and last year in terms of speed and how fast they get rolling how fast they get going uh is going to be interesting cuz akoro neo started his career at a mile and a quarter <laughs> like
1: okay uh, have we switched or have we skipped do we skip a race here I, I've, I've lost track of where I think we, we, we were all race seven was the, uh, juvenile Phillies turf. Model, oh,
0: right? yep. I think I accidentally did click on the wrong one. So let's just start. We'll do the juvenile then. And then we'll go back to the juvenile turf since okay. we're already started all on right. the juvenile.
1: That's fine. That, that, that is fine. Sorry I, I just that. needed to get my notes. Yep. I didn't to, I was about to start talking about buttercream, babe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think I blanked right. it out so, because those are the two I covered, um, the two, the two gotcha. I covered for preview. So I think I just blanked them out and I'm like, all right, next one, let's go. Okay, yeah, because they're doing the turf, dirt, turf, dirt, turf, dirt kind of format for, for the whole day, uh, which I think is smart because it gives the surfaces kind of a break in between. But um, but yeah, to kind of continue on my train of thought where I derailed earlier. Um,
1: continue, yes. Please. Yeah,
0: the, uh, the Japanese horse who, who debuted at a mile and a quarter going left hand uh, and then shortened back up 15 days later to six furlongs going right-handed. Um is always very interesting to me, um, and I think that kind of you know not not up and down per se, but like that kind of just pattern where he is coming off of a six for long and he is stretching back out again. I think is going to put a monkey wrench into the operation for a lot of horses like Timberlake, who's right next to him, who kind of does his most dominant running when he's on or near the lead. In fact, the only time he's won is if he is in some format close to the lead. Um, so this is definitely going to be a situation where it's like, how much how much lean do we put onto the Japanese horse? Because he is also kind of an unknown commodity in and of himself as well. Because he's only got two starts. One of it was going a marathon on the turf, and the other one was sprinting on the dirt going in the other direction. <laughs> i know
1: that you have got a soft spot in your heart for japanese horses but this horse has got no business being in this race
0: oh i i fully believe it but it's always (laughs) interesting to see how that works out
1: yeah i mean it's just uh, and 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 you're right you know if, if this horse just darts out and just goes balls to the wall for the lead and you know having no no I'm going to say this and he'll win by five lengths probably, uh, but you know, it, it feels like he, he's just going to ruin somebody else's race. Kind of like you alluded to, he, he's going to go straight to the lead or attempt to go straight to the lead. And he's going to take some people out or some other horses out with him. And and it's just, um, I just, I, I don't like it. I don't know. The, the horse hasn't hadn't earned hadn't earned the right to be here uh he's here because the owner's got a lot of money and wanted him here bottom line um doesn't deserve to be in this race
0: oh there we go spicy number one don't at me at jared on twitter so
1: that's fine i'll take it but um now i don't like it yeah but um i'm talking about i don't like the pick that i'm about to make
0: Uh (laughs) uh-huh
1: um so i think you probably have an idea that uh, it's number 10 mooth as i guess is how you say that now. yeah um you know bob baffert in Santa anita um he's you know he's going to want to take advantage of this uh races here at Santa anita before they come back to kentucky yep and um uh, you know, it's $2 Muth is a two million dollars. booth was a two million dollar, two year old purchase by Good Magic. He's been really, really impressive. And you know, it's uh, it's tough to beat Bob Baffert with a horse like this, especially in in Santa Anita. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, and you can take that however you want to take it. But um, I just think that uh, this horse is going to be much the best in this race.
0: Yeah. See, I'm I'm kind of. I think I struggle a little bit more with this race because I really am a fan of kind of the the horses that will potentially, you know, get better as they get older, which if they start accomplishing things now, they're not going to make it to the older age because they'll just retire and go off to the breeding shed. But I kind of struggle here between I'm going to go in the other direction. I kind of struggle here between locked and the wine steward, mm-hmm. because I am a huge fan of Vino Rosso. I I don't drink wine myself. I actually don't like wine, but I am a huge fan of the the horse, and really any son of Curlin. I always like seeing Curlin and sons of Curlin doing well. And he and the, you know his his performance, his battle with Locked, in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, was pretty impressive they locked horns and especially towards, towards the end, kind of when they got to that, you know, to that stretch run in that, in that stretch, they gave it all and they laid it down. They laid it down on that wire and they, and barely a half link between them. And, you know, I, I like the fact that locked is a gun runner. I was always a huge fan of gun runner. Everybody, you know, you know rest in peace to Arrogate. you know rest his soul mm-hmm. he was a remarkable you know horse in 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 his right and whatever right he wanted to do um and now he's actually turned out to be quite a, a good sire as well um but i was always like team gunner runner <laughs> I, I, I did i, I agree and I, I um,
1: he was great he was great on the track he's great in the shit Love yeah I, I just think um like i said i think uh, bob's gonna pull out all stops
0: oh i'm sure he will I mean, it, it would, it is basically his backyard. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, so for me, it's going to be probably locked in the wine steward just because I, I just like the fact that there are, they, they have the experience of really needing to gut it out
1: mm-hmm.
0: and really needing to lay it all down there. And I think that the yeah, New York Reds, and, and and the, to say.
1: the question, the question that I would have, uh, you know, is going to be less than a month later. Uh, did it take too much out of either or both of them?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, I mean, cause like I said, that, that, was a, that was a brutal and tough race and they just were, you know, wing dinging at each other and just going, you know, battling as, as, as great as any race you'd want to see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, is that going to be, is that going to build them up or did they get something out of it Yeah. or are they going to bounce or, you know, one or both going to bounce yeah. after, or, you know, a, a really good, you know, really good performances. I don't know. We'll see. Well, and if we... I, I, I can't i can't argue with you I, I like them yeah. Both. I, 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 yeah i i debated back and forth on uh you know i i had i got wine steward with a check mark by his name because I, I do like him um i just uh yeah I, I i and you know what i hope you're right i would much rather see that <laughs> than, than my pick
0: so. <laughs> and we're not going to get into the reasons why for that moving on before we get canceled so we'll go back to um the, the Juvenile Phillies Turf that I subconsciously skipped, um, which is the actual race seven, because the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile is race eight, and that goes at seven, and this is going to be race seven. This is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. It goes at 6.20. And a, a reminder, all of these are Eastern times for those of you who are skipping around, even though you probably shouldn't. But for those of you who are skipping around, all of this is Eastern time, so don't. You know, tune in 620 your time. If you are, you know, three hours behind us, it'll be over. (laughs) (laughs) So we will dissect. I dissected this race pretty, um, pretty intently for, for my TDN assignment. And I'll tell you something. I am team Porta Fortuna just up one side and down the other. You are going to be very hard pressed to find any, any horse you know, that I would wager a guess, maybe aside from a few Europeans, you're going to be very, very hard pressed to find a horse who, as a juvenile, raced in three group twos. Uh, sorry, three group ones in a row. One of which she won. She hit the board in the other two. She's been on a tear basically since she started, also back in mid April at the Cura in Ireland. And she's just been on a tear. And she's, you know, and, you know, she's never gone further than, than Seven Furlongs and on a straightaway. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that her American-based ownership group has kind of decided to to still try and take that jump. But I feel like when you have a horse as talented as what Porta Fortuna can do, and, and with how much ability she has, I suspect they're less concerned about how she's going to handle a new environment on race day as they are confident that her class and her her just quality will get her over those problems. And, and you know, she's, she's going to fire and put out another huge performance. And, you know, it's the O'Brien clan. It's Denacha this time. It's one of... Uh, the Aiden O'Brien sons and I just, I have a hard time seeing outside of Porta Fortuna. Like I, the Europeans, they always have gnarly campaigns and I, you know, as much as we have a concern, like it, like we do kind of for Bright Work, like, well, the issue we had for Bright Work, where is it too much? You know, I feel like the Europeans with how often they race and how often they travel and kind of, I mean, even if you look at some of this spacing, like she raced twice in September in two group ones, one of which she won. Um, you know, I feel like she's going to come into Breeders' Cup just breathing fire. And I have a hard time seeing anybody outside of her beating her. Like, I'm sure for like the, the Miners and the Exotics, we can find plenty of them. But in terms of winning, I, this is probably going to be about as close to a single as I'm probably gonna get if I was a gambling woman, because I'm Team Porta Fortuna or Wave. I will plant my flag. I'll die on that hill. So. <laughs>
1: so que- question for you. See. Si. Uh, any any concerns that her worst start was going seven furlongs, mm-hmm. and all of her wins have been at five or six, mm-hmm. and she has not. She hadn't run on a fast a firm turf yep. track yet either.
0: Mm-hmm. i feel like Cause that
1: because that's what got me off of it. yeah because uh, you know, because she, she was the one that jumped out at me first
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know here we're, we're asking her to go a mile for the first time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and you know she, she this is going to be a different turf course a you know, different turf than she's ever run on before probably
0: Oh yeah, and and California loves its speed. It really does. Like California uh, speed is is wildly different from speed from everybody else. But I think in this situation uh if for nothing else the California speed, if we get a bunch of horses who decide we're embracing California speed, it's oh, you know, it's still going to be a situation where legs are going to get weary. Especially for, for horses that, you know, a, a lot of folks had to ship in for this. Um, a, a, lot, a lot of the East Coast contingents went a very long way. Um, I am less concerned about her going, you know, turns for the first time in general. Much less two turns. But I am less concerned for a horse like her where she has kind of and if you look at some of her her running lines as well where she's won she was you know midfield and she you know ran out and like with these these are going to be hard because it's going to be the start and the stop the start and the stop and start and stop because you're not going to run full press into these turns and I think that's what people sometimes don't understand these horses don't run headlong into these turns like you have to make adjustments as you're going through this turn like the horse adjusts the jockey has to adjust like there is a tech, you know, there's a technical side to this. So I'm less concerned for her where she has shown the ability to have a different kind of riding, a racing style on a straightaway where in all honesty, sometimes there is no style to really be had on a straightaway where she has shown that she, you know, she can be in the midfield. She can, you know, rally kind of from, from further out of it. She can be closer up if she needs to, she can press the pace. Um, you know, I'm less concerned for her then let's say a horse like um just to kind of use the other the other European horse here um car- well there's a lot of them but like the the uh Carla's way the other one from Ireland who's coming in off of the from from the uh British meeting that she's predominantly been in you know Doncaster and Goodwood and Newmarket and show and she did the seven furlongs on the soft ground she did the right hand turn in the Group Three. But it's like she only just now won and and she's on a straightaway, but she's only ever been keen on the lead, pressing, you know, and then when she was midfield and she and you know they asked her for a rally, she finished eighth and had nothing. So I'm less concerned for a horse like her, like Porta Fortuna, than I am for a horse like Carla's way, where when they asked her to do something other than be on the lead. In, in a situation where it's California speed, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who have the same idea, I'm less concerned for Porta Fortuna, where she has that flexibility, where a horse like Carla's way, and, and I'm, I'm sure, and that's just, that's just one example from when I was studying this that I saw, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be plenty of American horses who are the same way, who they will, this is the first time they're seeing a crowd this big, they're going to bounce out, they're going to be on the gun, they're going to be on the muscle. And there's going to be a bunch of people, I imagine, who either have the same idea or someone's just going to be loose on the lead. And if you're not flexible, like, you know, some uh, some some juveniles sometimes tend to be, it kind of doesn't matter that, you know, the, the classy Europeans who only ever run on a straightaway. Like, I feel like the turns are a bit more than what people make them out to be sometimes.
1: Okay. So let me ask you about two horses. Yeah. Because uh, here's the one that I landed on. Yes. Uh, because you, and you mentioned two things earlier. Uh, one in, when we are discussing an earlier race and one in this race. Yeah. Uh, you talked about how you like horses that look like they're on the improve. Yeah. I do too. And that's number three, you. Yep. With Rigney racing. And yes, we, 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 you and I've had conversation before how, you know, they, Rigney can be very aggressive with his placement and he yep. takes shots. Yep. Uh, But you, you look at this horse's form over time and 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 she is she's getting better
0: Mm -hmm.
1: by justify um it's a rigney homebred by out of a galileo mare i mean mean, this is what she's bred for this oh yeah you mentioned also the speed uh, Mm -hmm. and what we're likely to see uh which i do think we're going to see some wing dinging on the front end here Mm -hmm. um she is going to be coming from off the pace yep and she's going to be coming hard and fast from off the pace. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, she won the last out, going a mile and a 16th at, uh, at Keeneland. Uh, she broke her maiden in the maiden special weight, going a mile and a 16th at Churchill. And, you know, now maybe, maybe this, uh, the only going a mile, maybe, maybe she doesn't get there. Uh, but I think she's going to be really close and fast at the end. Mm. And could be in, in great position to, to get up and steal it. And I also, uh, because, well, for a couple reasons, I like austere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brendan and Tyler, they're obviously near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the fact that this one won last in the juvenile fillies at Kentucky Downs yeah. going a mile. And she, you know, she was, she was just off the, the lead throughout that race and she closed up the hill and yeah. she closed well up the hill. Yep. And, uh, um, three lengths you know, up the top,
0: hill is, is yeah. that's an impressive
1: yeah. performance. Yeah. Can and, take and, an and, and and Tyler has got a knack for hitting, hitting the gas when he needs to hit the gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, you know, a lot the connections I love, um, and, and I don't I don't know if this filly is, is good enough to win it, mm-hmm. but I, I like her um, being closer to a, the pace and maybe being in a position to, to get a piece of it.
0: Well, and I think one thing from, you know, because I I, I covered Le Pavo, uh, which is the 14 on the, the out the way, way on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the the Glen Hill farm horse. Um okay. and the uh her, the uh, Harada Itraham and she's a nona hey, never and I think for her what's interesting for me is that she she's also done a good chunk of her running on the straightaways, um and but she's done right hand and she's done and she was in the Group One Marce uh pre Marcel Boussac at Longchamp uh October the first and. What's interesting for me is that the first four races of her career were open races where she took on Phillies, Colts, everybody. And then she, and she's never, she's never, she's never been off the board in her career. And I think what's interesting for me is that she's faced um, quite a few in this field, but she has also gone up against Rama 12 which if you if you know, you don't pay attention to the um, the European yeah. racing scene, it is that's the other Justify filly right. that a lot of people kinda of thought is is it was always gonna be but like kind of between them and, and, and her and Porta Fortuna. But people thought that Rama Twelve was actually going to be one of the best uh, turf fillies in Europe this year because of how well she was doing and for the win in you're in with Van Diek um, uh, when they were, uh, cause that was the one in France as well. I, I forget briefly what the name of it is. I think it was the Primornay. And she has, if we're talking about in terms of like class and quality, Le Pavo has run against some ridiculously tough horses. And, you know, she kind of brings in on her coattails in the, the Predo Calvados, which was the group two in Dovel that she won. On her coattails, she brings in the Lale horse, which is the colors of Barbaro. Um, for those who don't know, the the French horse, the I think it's Lonne or Lonne. I don't quite know how to pronounce that. Or I'm sorry, that's not it's not the Lale horse. That's Madaket Stables. Uh, Lonne is Madaket. Robert Lapenta. Um, yeah,
1: that's the uh, l- one in a different race. Yeah, I
0: think that's what I was thinking of. Um, sorry about that. Um, uh, but she brings down her coattails, Lallnay, and this is another one where, and, and I think also what we kind of don't take into account is, and I don't know this extensively because I don't, I haven't, um, uh, researched kind of what is available and what they take entries for, but I suspect that straightaways are the majority of what's offered for juvenile horses in Europe, um. Because just about everything that is coming in here from Europe is solid straightaways. So, um, I just think that Europe in this race is going to be extremely hard to beat because they have brought horses that are salty. They have, you know, most of these horses have never come off the board in their careers. So I feel like um, the Americans are going to be a little hard pressed.
1: Uh, They often are. Yeah, no doubt about it so
0: <laughs> so let us roll to the i think it's the last one the juvenile race eight yeah
1: juvenile turf
0: it's the race nine yep juvenile turf 740.
1: Oh, race nine. yep uh race race
0: eight race eight is the juvenile we've talked about it oh juvenile okay yep That's yep. <laughs> yep i messed oh, everybody up all, I
1: mean, just got me all got me all <laughs> discombobulated so I, you know, we talked a lot about European horses in, in the Phillies, and I think it's going to be the same in this one. Yep. And I'm not going to be surprised when Aiden O'Brien gets the trifecta. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And River Tiber, obviously he's the favorite. Yep. Um, uh, you got Unquestionable in there is the second uh, O'Brien horse, and then Mountain Bear. And, uh, you know, Mountain Bear is, is the, you know, certainly the third on the list uh for for the o'brien entries but uh, i i just i am not at all going to be surprised i i think one of them one of those three will definitely win it i'm hmm. not going to be surprised if if they run one two three yeah but if one of those if an o'brien horse doesn't win it and and slips up hmm. um what's going to happen and i think will be that my boy prince uh trained by mark cassie yep could get out on the lead by himself early because there's not a ton of speed in this race no and and if anything gets them he's going to get out there and they're going to let him go easy and he's going to walk away with it but i don't think that's going to happen i i think i think they'll run him down
0: well and i think what what gives me pause with my boy prince is I don't know how the synthetic at Woodbine rides when you compare it to something hard like the California turf, where I have it's, heard.
1: Yeah, the the Woodbine turf is definitely not California turf.
0: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and and the, and the synthetic either, because yeah. some of his oh, best and some of his best performances were on the synthetic, like when he won the Simcoe, he won by fourteen lengths, got a ninety five buyer, but like again, that is, and it was it was restricted to Canadian yeah. breads. But, like, what gives me pause is, like, some people have, you know, laughingly said that there are times where California turf is, is a parking lot spray-painted spray green. Like, it's so fast. It's so firm underfoot. So, I kind of have paused because his best performances right now have come over the the synthetic at Woodbine. Ugh, I, I don't know. I agree.
1: But, but, I, think, but, I, but I, I think if you listen to what you're saying there, if it is a super hard super fast turf that day Mm. i think it's i think it suits him because he is going to be out yeah yeah
0: that's for sure now
1: if if they press him and if somebody's going with him it's a whole different story you know ball you know it's a whole different ball game if, if if he's got one to his outside breathing down his neck or even one to his inside that he has that he's having a chase a little bit
0: well i even um, wondered but, but if mountain yeah. bear may have not may have been entered as as to function as a rabbit because he's like he's two for seven because he's two for seven thought. this year and yeah. i was like it, like i was almost a little confused when i saw him in here and i'm like mm. he looks like he'd be tired like we we were talking about how Brightwork has yep. has six races he has seven yep. so
1: and, and so that definitely occurred to me uh because um yeah I, I just think if they let him go out there and go you know 24 and change 49 or 50 and change oh, that's
0: nothing for that uh,
1: then, there. yeah then yeah then he's going to be he'll walk away with it yeah uh if he's out there two you know two or three links on the league um but uh that's a big if and you know that's uh you know again i still think I think all the Americans are up against it with the O'Brien yeah. horses, quite frankly. That's where I am, anyway.
0: Well, and if we get to, like, a pace meltdown situation, it would not surprise me at all to see something like Carson's Run come, you know, out of the clouds, because that's kind of his style, too, is just to come way out of it. So, it wouldn't surprise me to see something like Carson's Run coming way out of there to to kind of, you know, mow them down, because, again, legs get weary, and for some of these horses, it's been a long year, so...
1: there's just there i just don't see i don't see that much more speed in the race um yeah you know maybe they're they're just it's the only speed there is is my boy is my boy prince yeah um everybody else is going to be sitting back even the ones that press are pressing you know you can't even say that they're pressing because they're
0: they gonna that be off of them they're sitting,
1: you know they're, they're five or they're yeah four or five, six links back in that first quarter and three three links back in the third yeah. quarter and then the half so yeah. it's not like they're they're up you know they're not they're not pressing they're stalking um, yeah so so i think the chances are good that he's just going to rock yeah. it out there and be by himself yeah now, I, that doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to hold it yeah um uh but but i i think i, I just don't i don't see a I don't see a scenario where it's just yeah a complete meltdown because there's i don't think there'll be enough out there with him
0: yeah um
1: so i I think that's going to make it a little less likely that we see something coming from way way back yeah Yeah, you get you know crazier things have happened
0: yeah well and i but you're right like river river Tiber is definitely going to be the horse to to beat here like you're going to be He's he's one of those like really remarkable ones that I I'm, I'm very happy came over. We're very lucky they you know they came over cuz he was in that pre-mornay behind Van Dyke and Rama Twell and that was, you know, those two were a neck apart but they were almost two lengths ahead of him and he was two and a half in front of the horse behind him.
1: So yeah, I don't know how much you love Wooden Bassett.
0: I do. I am
1: and he the Wooden Bassett, right?
0: Yep. 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 So, so... <laughs> uh,
1: so you know and I know you were you got you got real excited when you saw Wooten Bassett on one of our lists uh,
0: yes oh my god yeah. like if I'm ever missing you'll find me on the Wooten Bassett hill somewhere mm-hmm. because I I do I, I love that stallion to death and I'm just I'm thrilled that he's got um, a son as remarkable as River Ibert to kind of have to his to, ha- to have to his credit and mm-hmm. Aiden O'Brien again Aiden O'Brien is never a man without a plan he is a master at his craft and if anybody is going to get a horse who has only been sprinting on straightaways you know it's it's going to be a ride so i i have great confidence in 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 river tiber so so let's all right let's move on to saturday yeah thanks for tuning in everybody that is it for our friday coverage of the breeders cup make sure that you tune in tomorrow when the second part drops and that will be the saturday coverage. Honestly, the episode's probably going to be even longer than this one. So, you know, grab a snack, grab some water. You're in for a doozy, but it was a lot of fun to talk about these races. And we're really hoping that uh, you guys enjoy these episodes. And as I'm sure Jared would appreciate, do not, feel, um, do not feel pushed to submit any of these as choices. And we cannot bear any responsibility if you choose to gamble along with some of our opinions in here. So, as always, make good choices. And we will see you tomorrow.